Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast with me, Jacob Granger. Today we take a dive into what makes a good article. My guest this week is a former journalist for the Financial Times and The Economist, Robert Cottrell, who now spends his time as editor of a newsletter called The Browser. Robert, and this is no exaggeration, sifts through hundreds of articles a day from all sorts of publications, passions and corners of the industry in order to handpick five standout articles for his subscribers. So he's in a good position to tell us exactly what makes an article stick out, grab a reader's attention and offer lasting value. Before we jump in, a quick reminder that you have just two days left to take advantage of our early bird offer for our Newsrewide conference on the 27th of November at Reuters in London. Book now to save yourself £50 and to also be in with your chance to win a Sennheiser memory mic. I think the most important thing I look for is honesty. I want to feel that the writer is telling me something that they personally fully understand and very possibly that they understand from experience. So that was Robert with a small insight into what captures his attention and makes an article a contender for the browser. Given he has a monumental task of whittling reams of articles down to just five, he has to be incredibly decisive about what he reads and invests time into. And possibly the obvious thing which decides whether an article goes on the scrap heap or the newsletter is the headline. If you look at it this way, that an editor has been paid to read that piece and to extract from it the best possible headline, then if there's not something pretty compelling there in the headline, that is in itself a powerful signal. You know, somebody who is on the side of that piece and who wants it to be read, even then they can't find something compelling to pull out of it. So I do put some weight on the headline. If your purpose is to generate traffic, then the headline matters terribly. And how long is a headline? Six, eight, ten words. Well, you can probably get most of a story into that. And I often wonder too who it is that reads to the end of the piece, because generally speaking, most pieces have one strong idea in them. So what you really want to do is to uh, grab that strong idea and uh, extract it. And the rest is basically context. So You know, where you do get a long piece of writing which moves well, which is put together well, which holds your attention to the very end, then it really is a marvellous piece of engineering, a marvellous piece of art and craft. Well, I suppose that's the million-dollar question, isn't it, that we all want to know. When it comes to the arts and crafts of article writing, what is the secret? Two golden rules. The first is that if a piece does not begin well, then there is very, very little chance that it's going to get better later. So I trust my instincts based on the first sentence or two or the first paragraph of the piece. So if you're writing a piece and you can't say something compelling in the first paragraph, then it's a bit much to expect that somebody will read on in the hope of finding something compelling later on. So I do easily stop reading as soon as a piece has ceased to grip me. The other golden rule is that the best predictor 
of the quality of a piece is the writer. That may seem almost embarrassingly obvious, but it's actually the opposite of what the publishing industry would have you believe. I mean, the view of any newspaper or magazine is that the guarantor of quality, the place where the quality resides, is the brand, the publication. I think that's not the case. If I want to read a piece by George Monbiot, or if I want to read a piece by Susan Orlean, I'll read Susan Orlean whether she's in you know, The New Yorker or The Atlantic or The Financial Times or Harp. It really doesn't matter. I would follow the writer far more than the publication. So if it's by a writer whom I know to write well, then I'm always going to give it a bit more space. So strike a solid early impression with your writing and make a name for yourself seems to be the call from Robert, at least in his story selection process. But that's exactly it, isn't it? It's subjective and personal to each of us what matters most in the news that we consume. And particularly for everyday readers, not everyone will base their habits so much on the writer. But equally, he makes a valid point to me that from 10 years at the browser, it is those stories with personal attachment which tend to have the most immediate and long-lasting impact. But he understands this is a tall order and is not always that straightforward to carry out. What you really want from a piece is the sense of having a conversation with the most interesting person that you've ever met in your life and you, know, you can only really do that if you feel that your interlocutor um, the writer of the piece is speaking from very intense and preferably first-hand knowledge so that you know, for one thing that is to me is a very very good argument for diversity in journalism of all kinds starting obviously with gender but also with ethnicity with political views with geography i mean i would much rather read what a Japanese resident of Japan has to say about Japanese affairs than I would read you know, a dispatch from a foreign correspondent who may even speak in very imperfect Japanese. I'd rather read a poor person telling me what it's like to be poor and a rich person telling me what it's like to be rich than I would expect to read a poor person telling me what it's like to be rich or a rich person telling me what it's like to be poor. You know, I think you can only get honesty and you can only get authenticity when to some degree you know, you're immersed in whatever you're writing about. You know, that's a lot to ask. It doesn't happen very often. You can't expect a professional journalist who's writing, you know, maybe a piece a day, you know, to get all that immersed in it. So, uh, you know, all the more magical when you get the right combination of writer and story and you really set, get a sense that you know, you're hearing the best possible account of this given subject. The browser is actually doing a lot of early work in the machine learning space to create, as he puts it, a virtual robot who can help with sifting through the masses and help narrow the field of choices. But if there is one thing machines can't do, it's that very human experience of being totally engrossed and that sort of you-have-to-check-it-out feeling. Robert provides a recent example of an article which did exactly that and why it had staying power. There was a fantastic piece in Nature a couple of weeks back about an experiment in Yale working with the heads of 32 decapitated cows and reanimating their brains, which had been clinically dead for at least four hours. And uh, this particular experiment seemed to show that you can reanimate 
a brain that has been dead for several hours. That is simply world-changing. and It is horrifying and fascinating and emotional and scientific at the same time. So that's a kind of five-star version of the, of the sort of pieces that I'd love to find. Thinking about Robert's earlier point about being noticed as a writer, how does someone go about doing that in such a loud and crowded news environment? He provides some wise parting words. Write less. I mean, the, I mean, the great temptation of internet journalism is to write too much because there are very, very few constraints on publishing more. But you know, the more time that you spend publishing shallow or templated stories, the less time you're going to have to discover and immerse yourself in the story that's really going to make you stand out. So everybody has to earn a living, everybody has to cover rent. I'm sympathetic to that, but your question was, how do you get yourself noticed? And the answer is you keep a little bit of your mind and your soul and your time free to discover that story that only you can write. And then you write it as only you could do, and then you publish it. And if it's your story, you've found it, you've done it as well as it can be done, it hardly matters where it's published in the first instance. The readers will find it, the readers will admire it, and you will make that breakthrough. Who knows, if you follow that advice, there is a good chance of your article being picked up and featured by Robert on the browser. But that's all we have time for. So I'd like to thank Robert for his time speaking to me and, of course, for you at home or on the commute for tuning in. Here's Jasmine from our courses board who has a training opportunity she'd like to share with you. Want to start making your own videos for social media? Join our one-day Creating Social Video workshop to find out how to shoot and edit films specifically for Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. It takes place on the 24th of June in central London. You can find out more at journalism.co.uk slash s43 don't forget you can reach us at journalism news on twitter if you'd like to be featured on a future podcast until next time